And we are back here on Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. This is going to be our last interview and episode of the day. It has been very busy thus far. Uh, lots of interviews, uh, lots of uh, corporate updates to uh, send out to the listeners. So thank you so much for bearing with us and listening to them all. We are going to wrap up today with Visla Resources and their CEO, Mr. Michael Connert. Visla trades on the TSX Venture with VZLA and also on the OTCQB with VIZ. SF. Uh, Mike, it's a pleasure to have you back on. How have you been? I've been uh, very good, actually. I was just saying earlier that I'm doing a lot better than I was yesterday. Silver and gold <laughs> are back up and copper's looking good. So, Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, copper's been, <laughs> copper has been looking good. It was nice to see the rebound in, in gold and silver. Let's focus on silver, obviously. We're talking about Visla. Uh, silver, big day today. Uh, future silver, $24.11 at the uh, as we kind of close down its last hour of trading, uh, that is a 7% move on the day. Uh, th- that's got to be, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air after kind of the continued sell-off we've been seeing, well, over basically over the last month or two. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's, uh, sometimes it uh, tests your resolve when you're, you know, watching the metals go down and, you you know, you're building a silver mining company. But, you know, with all of the, uh, you know, fundamentals, in favor for the metals, uh, the precious metals, uh, you know, I think, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're confident that the future is very bright for silver. Yeah. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you, if you caught the episode, but I was able to interview Clive Johnson from B2 gold and he like continues to mention he wanted to build a company that was resilient to the gold price. And obviously they've done that, you know, if, with that kind of idea in mind, Mike, uh, you know, how do you go about on the exploration side, really building and developing a project and exploring a project uh, with that same mentality, you know, being resilient to a silver price. Cause I would think it's almost more difficult on the silver side than it is on the gold side. Well, that's something that if, uh, you know, if one were to go back and, and read and listen to some of our old interviews, we, we do talk about that. We talk about wanting to build a company, uh, a silver production company that uh, can operate in, in basically any price environment. Um, and, you know, part of that starts with the project. If you're looking at, um, you know, a, a project somewhere else that uh, maybe has higher base metal credits and not high precious metal credits and, you know, the, the grades are low, I, you know, I think you're going to struggle. But something that B2 has done and something that our, our group has done is focus on high quality projects that have a large scale. But um, possibly the most important part is is high grade. And we're starting to really demonstrate that here at, at Panuco. And it even goes back to, you know, the, the, the Mexican miners working in the area, the ability that, uh, that they had to uh, basically mine and, and, uh, and produce without exploration, without any planning, really just drifting on, on veins. It, it goes to show you that there's a, you know, there's a huge amount of high grade in the district. And so for us to build, um, you know, a mining company that's, that's going to survive various, um, price environments i think our focus on grade is key there yeah uh and you're right and we've again over the amount of times you've been on the show over the last few months giving us these updates we continue to say uh most of these results mike uh, grade is not the issue uh some of the widths have been a little narrow but with the latest drill release uh, that you uh, put out uh, just last week uh, before the month closed uh, you sh- you showed some improved widths. In fact, a highlight uh, from drill hole 13 from the uh, uh, Cordon del Oro vein. 
it had five, excuse me, 457 grams per ton silver equivalent over, over 18 meters. Uh, granted, you know, that's just one highlight. This was in a broader in of interval of just close to 70 meters there. So this is, this is really improving those widths. Yeah. You know what, uh, <laughs> we, we've had some comments about widths and, and certainly, you know, as we, you know, as we continue to drill the, the Napoleon vein, which is, you know, some, some, um, we've had some comments about narrow widths there, you know, we've, we've had 15 meters at, uh, 400 there, but, um, for us to demonstrate this, you know, very broad intercept here of, of oxide material at Aguida Zarca, which is on the Cordon del Oro vein, which is five kilometers away from, you know, all of our other drilling. It just shows how, first of all, shows the scale of the district and it shows the, uh, opportunities for new discoveries of, of both, you know, very high grades over good widths and, uh, you know, very good grades over broad widths. And so, you know, 18 meters out at nearly half a kilo is, is extremely impressive. Yeah. So does this, you know, maybe change your strategy at all for drilling, uh, knowing that you've got these kind of wider intervals here? Does it, does it change anything at all? Um, not, not in the sense that uh, we'll be moving rigs from anywhere else uh, to to service this, but it does. It just it confirms what we we're you know expecting to find, and and so for us, you know, of course, we'll continue to drill here at, uh, at Cordon del Oro, and Cordon del Oro is actually interesting uh, in a sense that it's in the sense that it's across the valley from Animas, and you know if we if you go through our presentation, you'll see that we we do show. Uh, essentially a long section of, of the ore shoots on, on animus. And, um, you know, that was a significant producer. And some of these ore shoots are, you know, from 20 million ounces to 40 million ounces. It's, it's really quite impressive. And, um, you know, we believe that Cordon del Oro offers a potential analog to animus. So, you know, we are actively exploring Cordon del Oro. We're going to continue to explore and, and, and drill resource style drilling on, on Napoleon. But, um, Certainly, Cordon del Oro offers a huge amount of upside. And so going forward in, in, in 2021, I could, I could see us adding more rigs to the area. We are drilling with two rigs on on that vein corridor now, though. Okay, very good. Uh, speaking of drilling, as we kind of now we're in the last month of the year, uh, should we be seeing any more drill results, uh, say, before, this, before the new year? Well, uh, <laughs> that all depends on the lab. But, um, you know, I, I, if it's not uh, by the end of the year, I expect early in, in 2021 to have more results. Something that we can control the timing of is a, um, a release that will demonstrate the, uh, the prospects that we've generated over 2020. Uh, so by the end of the year, I, I'd expect to see something like that from, from Vizsla uh, demonstrating where we're going to be focusing on drilling for the new year. Brand new, brand new targets. Brand new targets. Saying. Brand new targets, and they'll will very likely be adding more rigs. Uh, based on some sampling, some geophysics work, I take it you'll share that data. Yeah, and you know it's one of these things that we used to talk about a lot uh, was uh, the fact that there's 75 kilometers of outcropping veins. Now that we've made high, high, you know, high grade discoveries, we don't talk about it as much, but. There really is 75 kilometers of, of essentially outcropping veins across the district. And so our, our work is actually relatively straightforward. It doesn't necessarily need uh, geophysics or any type of really high-tech uh, prospecting. What we're really doing is, is uh, boots on the ground, mapping, sampling, and just generating new targets that way. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's great news. Looking forward to kind of seeing how you continue to develop the project. Uh, let's switch the pages here a little bit and kind of talk about the internal workings uh, of the group. Uh, you have had some changes in the chief financial officer role. Can you uh, comment on that change? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is something that we've actually been working on uh, trying to get Mahesh for some time here. Uh, and Mahesh comes from from Evram. So he's got a huge amount of experience in Mexico operating numerous projects, uh, specifically working on strategies on re- getting the EVA returned, which is the, uh, the the tax that you pay in Mexico. So he's he's a really um, a Mexico focused uh, CFO. He has many years of experience and, uh, you know, he's very, very knowledgeable. So I met him when we started uh, Vizla. Well, we started in Mexico with Vizla. And, um, you know, he, he was working with Evram at the time, but it just so happened that, uh, you know, we were able to, uh, to, to bring him over. And um, now he's been able to join us here uh, for December 1st, and we're very, very happy to have him. All right, very good. Uh, you know, as, as we look forward into the end of the year, um, you know, what, what do you want people to know? I'm sure you and I will chat at least one more time uh, before December 31st, uh, but what should we be paying attention to uh, from Visla in, in the next coming weeks? Well, I think it's uh, it's really quite simple. You know, we we have a story here where we have five rigs turning on a district that continues to show high grade and and you know substantial economic discoveries. And uh, as we continue to be successful, you know, we we're the only company that can really transition so rapidly from drill discoverer into production. That I think you know that this this entry point is uh, you know certainly an attractive one. It's probably you know the cheapest it'll be. I, I would say going forward into the new year. The reason for that is, of course, this kind of broader sell-off. And uh, we've had our our last uh, free trade date today and uh, come out of that. And, you know, we're, we're so well-funded that I, you know, I don't see any other free trade dates coming up, uh, <laughs> you know, any financings mm. or anything coming up anytime soon. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think the worst is over for, uh, you know, for the share price performance. And, um, you know, are still holding in there very well. But uh, with the news flow that we have, the, the drigs that are, uh, drill rigs that are turning and uh, cash on hand, I, I think it's a great entry point. No, I didn't. Uh, today, today is the last day of that free trade. That's interesting. I mean, you, I'm sure you was kind of a uh, uh, crunch time here the last couple of weeks to kind of see what was going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I've never been in that seat before. You know, man, yeah. management of a company and kind of wondering how things are going to pan out. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it's uh, it hasn't traded, you know, any any type of crazy volume, and it hasn't been been hit too hard. I, I would say so. You know, we came out of it very very strongly, and you know, of course, that's because we have. You know, three major shareholders that came in in, in the last financing. That's uh, Eric Sprott, Franklin, and uh, and Force Sale. So, you know, they they've uh, been holding on uh, throughout this period, and so we're you know we're we're through that. And um, you know, I I, I expect uh, Visa to look very good in in 2021. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. I appreciate your time, also your updates here, and I look forward to catching up with you again before the end of the year. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Michael Connor, CEO of Visla Resources. Again, they trade on the TSX Venture with VZLA and on the OTCQB with VIZSF.